0: Vibrant Life episode 45. My name is Jessica Parker. I'm a holistic health coach with a master's in health psychology as well as a fitness instructor. And today is July 28th, 2022. It's freaking hot here in Oregon and I hate it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's like hovering around 100 and I do not like that, but I can't complain too much because it's going back to our like normal, like upper 80s starting Monday. So And I have AC, so I'm not gonna complain too much. But today we're gonna chat about salt. So if you go back, you can um, tune into an episode about magnesium and one about potassium. So these are our electrolytes. There are others, but those are the main three. And they're so important, not just on their own, but together. So let's just go ahead and dive in. Just a little bit of a background for myself. Growing up, we ate really healthy. We really didn't do a lot of processed or fast food, but, you know, salt was something that we had. I really didn't pay much attention to it. And of course it was the processed salt, the table salt that we all used way back when. And moving forward in life, you know, I I know plenty of people who've been concerned about getting too much salt in their diet but personally I really never paid attention you know if something tasted like it needed salt I would add it I just wasn't concerned I always just felt like I'm healthy I have no reason to to be concerned about health but on the other side in terms of electrolytes I also never paid attention to that I was an athlete in school and um Beyond that, I've been a runner for a long time, now I'm a fitness instructor, and I never paid attention to electrolytes. I, you know, knew people who drank Gatorade and things like that, and I just, again, didn't pay attention. And Gatorade was one of those things, I didn't drink stuff like that because I guess I just thought of it as junk food, which it is. Moving forward, I started diving into keto several years ago, at least five years ago, and through that process of really researching and learning how it works, keto flu is something that is just part of it that people sometimes experience. And I started discovering why and trying to learn how to help people avoid that. So electrolytes are where it's at for that. And the whole reason people experience keto flu is because when you're getting rid of the carbs, when you're reducing... carbs and glucose in your body water is attached to those molecules and so you're flushing it out of your system along with your kidneys flushing the water out electrolytes go with it and so people will start feeling fatigued and have brain fog sometimes muscle cramps sometimes you know kind of like a headache and it's called keto flu you can have low energy so that's one thing that i'm tell i tell people all the time in fact in my keto groups I will harp on it. (laughs) And in terms of uh, supplements, that's the one thing I tell people, if you're gonna do anything, you have to do your electrolytes. You You don't need any other supplements. You really don't in terms of how keto works. Of course, you might need something specific for you unrelated to keto, but if there's one thing that you have to have, it's your electrolytes. So it really made me start opening my eyes and paying attention for the first time ever to electrolytes. And now I realize, you know what? It's not just people on keto either. You know, yes, you have a more like pronounced effect because of your diet change and your metabolic shift, but everybody needs them. And now you know that I've I've learned more and paid more attention to electrolyte imbalance in my own body, I've realized how important it is and where it comes from. So um just real quick. Our electrolytes, um, we burn through them faster with obviously keto, but stress of any kind, whether it's physical or um, even if you're going through some kind of emotional stress, your body will burn through electrolytes faster. Toxins, medications, alcohol, lack of sleep. Heat is an obvious one, exercise. So if you start paying attention to electrolytes, you'll start noticing your body and what it does and how it reacts if you're feeling out of balance. So moving on, we're gonna talk about salt. So salt is one that has been very much vilified. I can't say that for magnesium or potassium, Um, definitely, All three of them are under-recognized in in terms of how important they are in our lives for our our body's health and well-being at an optimal level, but salt just gets a bad rap. Currently, the CDC recommends 3,300 milligrams a day. FDA, lower than that, is 2,300, so we're talking like 2.3 grams. And then you, of course, have the American Heart Association that is lower than that, 1,500 milligrams a day. Salt is vital at an intracellular level. It's essential for maintaining the volume of plasma needed to allow healthy cellular metabolism and then therefore cardiovascular health. So research is finding that this fundamental theory about salt isn't as clear cut as we once thought. There's a meta-analysis I will link. There are several studies and articles I will link to so you can go read them, and I highly recommend you do. But there's a meta-analysis of over 6,200 patients found where there was actually no link, zero, no link between salt intake and high blood pressure and the risk of heart disease, which goes against what we've been taught for years. Like many of our dietary recommendations are beliefs surrounding salt really needs to be re-examined. To to stay truly hydrated, your body needs salt. And there's also this, this relationship between salt and potassium and magnesium. I'm not gonna go into all that right now, but all three are very important. Salt specifically is important because water in your body follows sodium. So if you have too much, which I'm talking too, too much, not what you're hearing all the time, your body will retain water. Um, and potassium helps to balance this out, which is why I'm gonna say real quick, we're not talking about table salt. That has been highly processed and it doesn't have all the extra minerals that we need. So go for something like sea salt, pink Himalayan salt. Um, I've been using this Redmond's Real Salt, really, really good, very clean, has all the um, minerals that are supposed to be there, that are already there, that's how it was created. So it hasn't been highly processed and stripped of all those good things. So make sure that you're using stuff like that. I wanna share some information from an article by Rob Wolf. He is one of my favorite, more functional, holistic people, um, very sciency, very nerdy in the best way possible. And he really dives into research, which is something that is so important People don't do it. People don't know how to look at studies, and then you're basically left at the mercy of these these you know industries and people trying to sell you things um, versus actually giving you true, good, solid information. So there's an article, um, which again I will share below, where he states that across forty eight global populations, dietary salt intake didn't predict the prevalence of high blood pressure. So just like the the other study I just mentioned, the highest salt population. Actually had a lower median blood pressure than the lowest salt population. So when you look at the big picture, everything changes, right? And that's what I'm talking about when it comes to studies. And then, you know, these little sound bites that we're getting, whether it's a doctor, sorry to say, but you know, they're not, they don't have the time to dive into this research. They're like, you know, just seeing patient after patient after patient and just trying to get through without having the time to do their own research. They're getting a lot of information from pharmaceutical reps who are helping them to sell medication, versus like let's get at the root cause. So doctors tell you about information. You get the stuff out of a magazine or a commercial or just these little sound bites without actually seeing what the actual research is telling us. Here are three studies that I'm going to mention real quick that Rob Wolf references. So you can go to that link below and go look at these yourself. The Inner Salt study looked at over 10,000 people across 48 global populations so that's the one that i just mentioned where there's no correlation between salt intake and hypertension if salty diets raise blood pressure clearly that's where it would show up right there's a framingham offspring study showing that sodium intakes of under 2.5 grams per day were linked to higher blood pressure and remember that's where like the um, fda was recommending right the cdc was a little bit above that Then we have a 2020 systematic review from the Cochrane Collaboration that found sodium restriction was linked to less than half of a point on average in blood pressure in normotensive white people with weak evidence that black and Asian people might see better effects. The negative side effects of sodium restriction were more consistent than the effect on blood pressure. So this is just pointing out, you know, that there are actual studies that are showing us the opposite of what we've been taught for a while. And, you know, people can pick and choose with certain information out there, certain studies and things like that, and kind of manipulate data basically so that they can sell things. You always have to go back to where's the money, right? Follow the money. So it doesn't mean that we should consume just unlimited amounts of sodium because too much isn't optimal either. But you know, usually that's not what's going on. Most people need at least five grams of sodium per day, more if they're active or eat keto like I was saying, or if you have other things going on. You know, I personally have uh, mercury toxicity. My body burns through electrolytes faster than like most people because of the toxins that it's fighting all the time. So what happens if you don't get enough sodium though, right? Some kind of like normal, um, if you're like on the low level of not having enough, low level um, symptoms might be reduced hydration. So obviously if you're feeling just not getting enough sodium on kind of a low level symptomatic rate would be just basically not retaining enough water, reduced hydration, muscle cramps, you will have a higher risk of heart attack, headaches, weakness. Uh, You might have some cognitive decline, brain fog, irritability, and then long-term osteoporosis. Uh, When you're not getting enough sodium, your body goes into sodium retention mode. So then you're releasing hormones to help retain that sodium in your kidneys, like aldosterone, renin, norepinephrine, and those hormones will raise your blood pressure. So, do you see how this is all related? And then, you know, the wrong things get blamed. Acute sodium deficiency. So, if you're super, super deficient in sodium, you're going to get brain swelling, coma, congestive heart failure, impaired sympathetic cardiovascular response to stress. So, there you have it in a nutshell. I just want to go back and say a few things that. Quality matters, so you're not using the, you know, whatever, what, what was that salt? I can't remember the brand, but you know, with the the girl with the umbrella that we all had on our dinner table growing up, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about pink Himalayan salt, Redmond's real salt, sea salt, like the good stuff that's in its purest form that's going to have all those added minerals that are already part of what it is. Like They, they didn't add the minerals, the minerals are already part of it. Um, and then you do need to make sure you're getting magnesium and potassium. This is what I use Ultima because it doesn't have a bunch of junk in it. it has uh one hundred grams of one hundred milligrams of magnesium and it has two hundred and fifty grams of potassium in it. so I have more than one serving of this every day, but I add my salt to it because it does not have the sodium so Make sure that you're doing that. I have it every single day. I'm also a fitness fitness instructor. Right now it's hot, you know. So you you have to pay attention to your symptoms. Pay attention to your body. If I personally am low on certain electrolytes, I'll notice it with. um, I don't really get headaches, but a little head pressure, um, sometimes heart palpitations, low energy, a little brain fog. You know, just kind of the common things um, that I already mentioned. I'll get restless leg syndrome. I hear people talk about that. Magnesium. I go for my magnesium and I can feel a huge difference in like 20 minutes when I do that. In conclusion, you can apply what I'm going to say to most anything in our standard American diet and then, you know, what we're getting from certain agencies and mainstream medicine is the fact that a lot of this perspective is convoluted and comes from people like the sugar industry who are trying to make money, or the pharmaceutical industry. If you are paying attention to root cause, they are gonna lose money. If you are paying attention to the sugar and the high carbs and the processed crap, instead of um, listening to this narrative, they're gonna lose money. What is happening in certain old studies where people are saying, no, look, look at what salt does is actually they're taking people who are very unhealthy not exercising eating crap all around not just high salt lots of processed food and then they're they're blaming the salt it's that whole causation or correlation conundrum and you have to look at what's really going on here for example you know if i'm eating burgers and fries and milkshakes and Coke and smoking and not exercising, you can't blame meat, right? Because there are a whole bunch of things adding to this big, basically bleep show going on. Same situation with salt. A lot of old information is based on looking at exactly scenarios like that and then blaming the salt. So take a step back, look at the big picture, So I always like to say that back to the basics is best when it comes to our health and our fitness and our diet and our standard of living. And this is just one more example of that. I'm gonna leave it there. And last, last thing that I'm gonna mention before I leave is that I just started making tallow body butter. I purify this uh, grass-fed and finished beef fat several times over. So none of the impurities are in there and it's just pure fat it's white it's odorless I add pure almond oil and I add essential oils and I whip it um, it's so good for your skin at a cellular level tallow is more like our cells versus like a plant based moisturizer so it's extra super nourishing has lots of vitamins in it and well I love it but I have several different scents this is summer citrus bliss I use it everywhere I even use it on my face At night, and you can go to the link below. I have it on Etsy, Vibrant Life Tallow. You can go there and use the code podcast10 to get 10% off your order. Find me at thatvibrantlife.com, Instagram, that underscore vibrant life, and then Facebook, vibrant life. Thanks for hanging out with me.